Daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Hello, world, and welcome to another edition of the iTrix Magic. Oh! We can review. That's what it is. I did this once and did it perfectly, and then I had to re-record it because the recording was messed up, and now I've messed up the name of the show again. Damn it. I have to get cue cards. Uh, anyway, everybody, this is your host, Michael Lauk. I'm back uh, because they haven't gotten rid of me yet, and this week we are joined with somebody who uh, Rick Lack set us on to. You have seen this guy on TV, and if you haven't, shame on you, but you'll be seeing him this summer again. It's Mr... Uh, it's Mr. Greg Dow, the Shocker. That is me. Yes. Hello. Hey, how 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 is it going? You're out working today, uh, right? You're in your car. So if we have uh, any no, audio, I, I, I am I, I am actually uh, in the glamorous life of magic. I'm sitting in my car in a McDonald's parking lot in Kingman, Arizona, where I just finished doing uh, Margaret's 90th birthday party. Nice. Um, yep. I mean, I, I know Copperfield would kill for gigs like this, but, you know, those of us that are really, really good get these. Right. So did they fit you in, like, between the uh, the male stripper and, <laughs> and the cake? Is that how that works? I wasn't I was informed that about half of the people watching were woken up from their naps uh, to come see me. In my defense, they stayed awake the entire time. So I must have been OK. Or you have a great PA. One of the two. One <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> yeah, boy, is 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 there anything that's gonna make you you know uh, your gut sink faster than we've we, 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 everybody's awake now for your performance, whether that be a bunch of little kids or a bunch of old people. There's there's real opportunity for things to go awry there. You know, there are, and I I've I've done plenty of kid shows. I. I've got my resume is quite uh, exhaustive. I, I I like to say I've done a christening in a Hindu temple and a bachelor party at the Bellagio and everything in between. So the bachelor party at the Bellagio was the only time I ever had to hire a prostitute. That was another. Uh, that was fun. That <laughs> basically what? Yeah, I, I might as well talk. Basically, yeah, let's, so, let's, uh, let's talk about that. A hell of a story. So. I was doing a, I, they, they wanted a stripping magician. Now, they didn't want me to strip, even though from the back, I can, I'm a, I'm a pretty pass. Well, I'm a seven or an eight from the back, but uh, they wanted a stripping magician. So I had hired, this came through a booking company, and they gave me a budget to hire a stripper. So I had hired a stripper to meet me an hour before the show, and I was going to teach her some basic things. I, I had gimmicked up a magic coloring book, so instead of, the pages being blank at the end, it, it would basically be all porn at the end. and Just things I figured I could teach someone how to do in about five minutes. She was supposed to get there an hour before the show and meet up with me. Well, uh, I call the night before to confirm that she's going to be there. And they're like, oh, yeah, that was going to be Sapphire. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, she's not going to do it. I'm like, okay, so who else do you have? And they're like, nobody. We, no one else wanted to do it. And I'm like, uh, well, you didn't call me to, to mention this? So 2 in the morning, I'm calling every strip joint, stripper agency in Vegas, which 
there's a few of them in Vegas. I will just say that. Did you did you just go to your pocket full of cards that that migrants have handed to you as you're walking oh, the we, streets? That, that's the middle of the story. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> so the first I I actually found another one that said they had somebody who would meet me there. I was all set again. Get to the the Bellagio an hour and a half before the show. She's not there. That's fine. She's supposed to be in there an hour before. Hour before she's not there. Half an hour before, she's not there. I start calling the agency. They're like, well, she's supposed to be there. 15 minutes before, I'm, she's not there. Call the agency again. They stop answering the phone. Showtime, she's not there. 20 minutes after showtime, she's not there. Now the guys are calling me going, hey, where the hell are you? And I'm like, uh, I don't have your naked person yet. So they're getting understandably upset. And I'm like, what can I do to get a naked woman here in 20 minutes? Huh. I walk out to the street. <laughs> I grab luckily, myself a handful. Of- <laughs> are you like, luckily, I've been working on this problem since I was 12 years old. <laughs> Which I have found a, a couple things about those uh, those cards you get on the strip. One, they're not like Pokemon cards. You do not want to catch them all. Uh, two, when you're looking through those cards, you really only want the rookie cards. You do not want the Hall of Famers. The stats on those things are scary as hell. So I get one of the cards, and I call one of the ladies to come down. She gets there in like 20 minutes. I then proceed to teach her the magic tricks. The show starts about an hour late. She does a beautiful job, and I'm like, you know what? Here's the money I promised you. What you make after I leave this room is completely between you and those guys. But our transaction now is done. So the one time I hired a prostitute, I taught her how to do magic tricks. That's a true magician for you right there. That, yeah, that's, um, so is that, is that a story now you tell at the kids shows? <laughs> You're like, hey guys. Uh, that's how I get booked for them all the time. I, I'm just like, you know, anybody can, can pull a balloon dog out of a change bag. I, I will bring, I will bring whatever you need to the table at this show. Nice. Now, well, you know, it's, it's, uh. It's good to be prepared, right? And and this explains probably a whole section of your contact list now. Yes, exactly. I, 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 when I was explaining it to my girl at the time, I'm like, no, honey, I swear. I only had to hire her for magic. I promise. And then it was a business expense, which was even better. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I was was this a cash arrangement or, or, or since it was a service, did you use a credit card? And how does that show up on your bill? It, it was a cash transaction. I'm, I'm a little scared. I, I don't know how you'd use a credit card. I don't know where you'd actually swipe it. So I, I, I figured cash was probably the safer bet. Uh, and, and how did you write that off on your taxes? It's just, uh, uh, you know, consultant? Was... Yeah, consultant. I should have went with consultant. I think I went with miscellaneous entertainment expense. But damn it, consultant would have been so much better. All right. So, uh, but, but now it's not all, you know, 90 year olds and and hookers. Uh, you were recently on wizard wars. I was recently on wizard wars, uh, which was created by the before mentioned Rick Lax, who saw, saw some sort of spark in me and thought I might be good for that show. And wouldn't you know it? My, my episode was the number one rated episode of wizard wars. Sorry. Just had to clear that out of my throat there, but 
Yeah, we had the uh, we had the most viewers on our episode, and I believe it it's either the the top rated episode or tied for the top rated episode with um, the season finale from the first half of Wizard Wars. Yeah, and you know you know what else? Uh, your your episode has has the distinction of being around my house, the only one that got the end cut off because of wrestling. Uh, the whole season, I don't think I ever saw the end of it. Yes, that wrestling. You know, that's okay, because the first... Uh, I will say the first half was way better than the second half. At least, you know, as far as my and my partner, uh, Sean Scott, were... We had a kick-ass round one. And when people ask about round two, I say we had a kick-ass round one. We had an okay round, too. And and Shimshi and Billy actually had a really good round. They, their wizard round... I, I can't be too sad for losing to that because they actually did a pretty good job. Although no one told me we could have someone building us illusions in the back. So that was that was interesting. Well, now I'm you, not bitter. Now, you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's Vegas. You're playing against the house. What do you want? Exactly. I all I know is that I got I got Penn and Teller on TV telling me I was awesome and most of the jokes I wanted to tell got edited out, but a couple of them still lived in there, so I, I'm proud of that. Yeah, uh, bef- right before the show aired its first season, for real, not not the not the preempted move. Uh, we had we had Ellen Fox, the host, s on, and um, right. that is the most heavily edited <laughs> iTrix podcast in the history of iTrix podcasting. Uh, evidently, everything she says gets edited out. <laughs> Yeah, she um, she definitely had a couple things in there that I, that do not make it to air. But to you know, they they wanted a very family friendly kind of show. Um, they wanted very much of a a show that they could hopefully market to to other uh, like Canada and England and wherever and and sell it to just about anybody. So yeah, ninety percent of my jokes got edited out, which. Uh, on the next TV appearance I'm going to be on, I don't think they will be from my uh, my indication of uh, how it went. Okay, well, can we can we mention the next TV appearance and what that's going to be? Uh, you are I'm our next sure. American Idol, right? Exactly. Now you figured it out. Uh, I actually now that um, Honey Boo Boo is off the air, I figured somebody had to fill in that gap. So uh, nice. Yes, I I. I will be on a, a show that many magicians, if you follow their Facebook feeds, have probably been posted. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it or not. All right. So, so hypothetically, uh, if, I'm going, if I have another TV appearance, Penn and Teller's Fool Us will be coming back to the CW in July. And July 6th. July 6th. Uh, and hypothetically, I have no idea which week I will be on, so I can't tell you which one to look for, but... Now, Greg is the one who started off on Fool Us, but Shocker is the one that actually will be appearing on the show. And uh, why don't we explain who Shocker is? Well, let's describe Shocker. Shocker is definitely uh, Greg's alter. It's funny that my episode of Wizard Wars got cut off by wrestling because Shocker is the world's only pro wrestling magician. <laughs> Shocker... Um, Shocker wears a wrestling mask and is highly influenced by Amazing Jonathan, 
Penn and Teller, uh, Harry Anderson, basically the really strong comedy character magic guys that came up in the 90s. That's, that's where Shocker was born out of, but then also a very healthy dose of the 80s and 90s wrestlers that were just the over-the-top, you know, back when wrestling had the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov and, and the Junkyard Dog and the guys who were just bigger than life. That's, that's a, basically if... If those wrestlers and Amazing Jonathan had a baby, that's what the shocker is. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> all, all of those guys you mentioned, the Mr. Harry mm-hmm. Anderson, the Mr. Amazing, and uh, Penn and Teller, you call them strong comedy magic X, but they also have a pretty good streak of geek running through there as well. Uh, oh, yeah. The, so does the shocker? Shocker's got definitely some geek uh, aspects to what what he does. Although he's de- some reason Shocker ends up doing mentalism, which is is the weirdest thing for a wrestling magician. I don't know if I can say the GD word there, but I'll just say it anyway. For a dang wrestling magician, Shocker ends up reading a lot of minds, which is what he might have done on Fool Us. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of geek influence to it. There's definitely a lot of shocking aspects to it uh, and it, it's very it, it also got born out of back when i did some comedy things when i first moved to vegas i would do comedy shows and i would do a little pro wrestling gag in the middle of my show where i'd put on a wrestling mask and do a, a card trick that involved me getting clobbered over the head with a trash can and then that would be lead to the card reveal and after doing that for a while people would come up to me after the show going how much they liked the show, but that wrestling bit, Oh my God, that was so funny. And after doing that for a while, I started thinking to myself, why, why am I not just doing the wrestling bit? Why, why isn't there somebody who is a strong character? And I'm also influenced by current guys like Bizarro and Sylvester, the jester and the guys who, when you see them, you won't forget them. Whether you love them or hate them, you're not going to forget their name. So many times when you go to a magic show, people are like, oh, my God, that was so great. When the tiger appeared, it was amazing. And, and then he levitated and, oh, my gosh. And, oh, what was his name? Uh, I don't know. It's the, the magician. That's that, There you go. The magician. Yeah, it becomes such a generic way of doing things. And, and I'm not taking it away from anybody who you know, does their magic shows and, and gets booked and does all their things and gives the public what they want. But if I hear Abracadabra as a musical piece before a show starts or that damn Matrix music when people are doing something or and as awesome as the trick is, if I see another bowling ball from a briefcase, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> And it's a it's an amazing trick. I've just seen it ninety times now. I I and I it it still blows people away. I saw somebody do it at the Magic Castle, and I was sitting behind a, a person who probably does not watch a ton of magic. And when the bowling ball appeared, they freaked out. And that's awesome. That's that's great. That is not what I want to do. As the shocker, the shocker will try not to do something you've seen a hundred times. In fact, I I like to say the shockers. Uh, the Shocker's arch nemesis, his, 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 the person he would fight the most, would be Professor Nightmare. If I could find a Professor Nightmare in real life, I would, I would destroy him. 
Nice. Nice. Uh, but, uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe that would be perfect for a magic convention. I think that's where that would go best. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's in the back of my mind. I've got the plans. If, uh, once, once, I, once Shocker takes off to the world, which God knows it's got to happen because the world is just in need of a masked magician who doesn't reveal how everything is done. I mean, they got to be clamoring for that, right? It, it, well, you know. It's it's we've got it what a hundred years under our belt or so since Le, I'm not gonna murder this Leon mask I don't speak French uh, <laughs> sue me French people whatever I speak Chinese learn that that's hard <laughs> um, but you know so so there it's you, you have a precedent it he, it went over great for him um hey, believe it or not we're already at the halfway mark and um. Yeah. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk more about masks and wrestling and all that good stuff. This is Michael reminding you once again to support your local no-kill animal shelter. My own family has had a rescue, uh, part chihuahua, part miniature pincher maybe for years, named Paco, the uh, microphone-shy chihuahua mix. But even though he disappointed us last year by not barking into the microphone, he is still a beloved part of our family. And uh, you can find a friend like that or help other families find uh, their new members at your local no-kill animal shelter. And let's see if this year we can get Paco to bark for us. Paco, Paco, you want to bark? Tell everybody to support their animal shelter. There you go. Paco and Michael say support your local no-kill animal shelter. Now back to the Magic Week in Review. And we're back with... Greg Dow, we're talking about uh, right now. We're talking about his character, the Shocker, who is a who is a masked wrestling magician. So before we get into the magic of that, uh, let me ask you this: Have you yourself ever dabbled in the square circle? Do you have skills? Uh, um, I I would consider myself. Uh, the The answer is absolutely yes. In Vegas, I actually hosted a uh, show that is coming back again. It, 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 it is, it gets momentum as it goes. It's called freak show wrestling, uh, where it's basically, it's put on by the, the brainchild of Sin Bodie, who, uh, was in the WWE for a very short period of time as under the name Kazarni. Uh, he was the sideshow wrestler and he's put together this comedy wrestling show where, You'll have, uh, we did it during the election. So we had Obama versus Romney as a match. We had Jesus versus Santa Claus. And then Satan came in to interrupt the match. Uh, the last one, we had Skeletor and He-Man versus, I want to say, the ghost of Gary Coleman. And, oh, I can't remember. I think the, the ghost of Macho Man were the, uh, the opponents in that one. So it's just over-the-top, inappropriate humor wrestling and I hosted it while it was uh, in Vegas. I can I I have enough skills to get my ass kicked. I don't have the skills to kick anybody else's. So I take a lot of punishment when it, it's my turn to get into the ring. Hey, well, you know, here's here's the deal. Um, I am not a big wrestling guy personally. It's it's not my thing. The weirder stuff is what's going to get me. Japanese monster wrestling, I will watch all day. Um, but I am a big fighting guy, which listeners of the podcast know. I mean, I've taught martial arts and hardcore, like, you know, I have knife and sword scar martial arts for a little over 20 years. And um, cool. I know several guys who've been professional wrestlers. I know several guys who've been professional uh, 
fighters at many levels and in many styles. The professional wrestlers are all way more torn up. Um, I actually know a magician in Kansas City who started magic because he was recovering from his broken back that he got at a like a twenty five dollar you know uh, touring wrestling match in Arkansas. <laughs> you know, so oh, yeah. so mad, oh, the, the mad respect for those for guys. Oh yeah, the guys who do it for real. I mean, I've seen guys do backflips off the top rope onto the concrete floor uh, and get paid twenty bucks for the night. I, it's it's crazy. I mean, these guys, in in a lot of ways, well, somebody wrote a blog or a made a great comparison that magicians and pro wrestlers actually have a lot in common. Uh, we both want to do things. Well, first, we're, we want to pretend we... Oh, how did he phrase it? And now, there, here goes all my eloquence. Um, we, oh, we yeah, because you've been, do... you've, you've been Wordsworth up to this point. You've been... Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, yeah, people are going to be quoting this for years. I can... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's... We want to do things hard. You things and make them look easy. And we want, we want over-the-top personalities. Um, just, yeah, basically the two, the two genres have very many things in common, which, and actually when Wizard Wars followed SmackDown on Sci-Fi, that's when it got its best ratings. Wrestling fans would continue to watch into Magic because it's the same kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I have seen uh, reports that SmackDown has left sci-fi so it will be interesting to see what uh what the new lead-in for wizard wars will be because i'm sure there's going to be another season um oh you you have not heard that am i break that uh, at the moment the show is on hiatus it did right. not get picked up for renewal but it was a damn good show i'm hoping it comes back uh, uh well, but yeah. it sounds like right now everything i've heard is not coming back yet yeah well, sci- sci-fi is very weird with its uh scheduling it has a a fine reputation for last minute appeals and and i i don't know i mean this this is a true story a couple years ago um at at a comic-con they announced a sequel of an existing show that the producers were not ready for at all there were no agreements and and the producers of of said show just called them out right there and said we 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 can't say we're making that. We don't, we don't have agreements with the actors. We don't we don't know what you're talking about. So so there's always hope with sci-fi. Those guys are nuts. Oh, that's funny. You there? This because I uh, it it went on from season one to season one point five, and I I was in the running for season one, and I think I I got. Uh, bumped out at the last second when they were going to shoot less episodes. And I was not sure if I was going to go on to season 1.5. And when season one was on, I was still saying it was a good show. And now that I've been on, I'm really saying it was, I love the fact, here's the thing I love about Wizard Wars and the thing I love about uh, Fool Us is it's showing live magic. So much magic is now on TV now is the street magic, the way set up ahead of time, the, the, plants in the audience and if they're not plants in the audience the 18 takes to to get the exact effect you want we're wizard wars we had one shot at it 
we had a dress rehearsal and then the performance and that was it what you saw even though it was edited down for time was not edited at all as far as content goes we did not get chances to reshoot things we did not get i mean that was it and i love that that's that's how i think magic should be i got into magic loving live performance that's what penn and teller did on tv that's what jonathan did that's what harry anderson did that is magic to me yeah oh i agree i i think the the uh the other thing that magic suffers from is uh that Wizard Wars took care of is that uh, you'd never see a full routine. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Masters of Illusion, you know, love it or hate it, whatever. You know, I mean, it's it's really designed to focus on one bit, a lot of times silent, so that, you know, uh, I know it gets, well, in the past it's always been shown overseas as well. I know I've been in foreign countries and seen you know things from masters of illusion on tv so there there's never that that rhythm it's you know all you can kind of do is come out and be that illusionist guy um so so it is nice to see a a, a chance to for, for a whole routine even if it's not a proven you know um work a day routine to at least see exactly. something progress exactly and i mean everybody i'm assuming and watching back i will i'll just speak to my my experience and the ones of the people I know well is everybody falls back a little bit on the things they're comfortable with that you try to fit in. But so much new stuff was come up with on that show. The thing on our episode, the tennis racket, where the tennis ball melts through the the laces of the racket. I was fortunate enough to have Bizarro as uh, my consultant uh, for me and Sean, who I work with Bizarro all the time. Uh, good friend of mine, Him, he, he comes up with so many interesting ideas. He came up with that tennis racket idea the minute he heard tennis rackets were our item. And he created that thing, and it's now hanging on his wall, and it's probably one of the, the best piece of ma- pieces of magic that was created for the show. Because it just looks... It, what you saw live is what it... Or what you saw on TV is what it looked like live. I saw Teller's jaw drop to the floor when the ball went through the tennis racket and when and Sean produced the can of tennis balls uh, from the lid by just stepping on them. Those were those were two moments where I saw Penn and Teller just freak out live. Yeah, that that was a very cool effect, actually. Um, and we've had Bizarro on the show, everybody. If you haven't listened to that, you should go back because he had a, a lot of uh, great things to say, actually, about creativity and such. Um, uh, now- he, he's probably one of the most creative minds in Magic right now. Definitely, definitely. Now, um, do you... Speaking of creating such and everything, do you market anything right now, or are you too busy performing? Uh, how how are you running your career as far as things like that? I, I there you go. How, how do I make my money? Uh, I I am not a. I will be the first one to admit it. I'm not a creator of magic. I a lot of guys I hang out with Bizarro. I'll hang out with Rick. I'll hang out with Justin Flum. Uh, Shimshi, uh, I, I work with him a lot. I'm very, I like to think of myself anyway, as very creative on the performance side. I don't have that spark like Bizarro does, where I can look at a dollar store thing and go, I want this to all of a sudden come to life and do this and, and all of a sudden become something different. That's Bizarro is so awesome at that. Where these guys seem to like me and where I contribute is once we get on that creative path, 
I can add the flavoring to it. I, I add the spices, the flavor, the, the think about it differently once it goes down. So I don't really create a lot of my own effects, but I've added to a lot of them. Well, you know, there's uh, Rick has thanked me. On, I, I'm happy with that. I, I've always considered myself a performing magician. I perform in Vegas. I've got two or three regular gigs that I do. Uh, I'm at the Desert Club Resort which is a, a, a holiday in timeshare resort that has me come out and do close-up magic for their guests on weekends. I do uh, Beecher's Madhouse at the MGM Grand on a semi-regular basis. And then I do a lot of corporate work and 90-year-old birthday parties. Uh, I got a lot of agencies that throw me out there. And I love performing. That's, that's what I love. I love doing So that's where most of my energy goes, is coming up with fun ways to perform something to keep it interesting for me. Because well, if I don't like doing it, why the hell am I doing it? Exactly, because it shows. Um, and uh, that's one of the reasons that even when when uh, I was performing a lot, I I didn't ever become a full-time performer was because I knew I didn't love it. And if I did it all the time, it was going to it was going to kill me. And I, and I worked in the music industry um, for years. And that was something I saw was that the guys that love it you knew when they were on stage and the guys that didn't every now and then you would see that they're mailing it in. And I never want to be that guy. And there's, you know, there's plenty of behind the scenes stuff. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something that, that you have to know about yourself. I can, I, I can answer to that. Cause I did for a long time. I ran, uh, 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 the the largest magic stores in Vegas. Um, I, I well, I'll just say it out loud. I, I ran the Houdini stores for a long period of basically my first ten years in Vegas was selling magic tricks, and I I ran the stores. I I helped come up with the the demonstrations. I worked there for about ten years. Eight and a half of them were very happy. <laughs> the last year and a half. Um, I will say I, I will say this, and I won't say any more because people can figure it out for themselves. But it's not the same company I went to work for when I first started there. When I first started there, everybody loved magic. They encouraged magicians to work there. They loved creative guys. They wanted that passion and the idea behind it. Now they've got a very corporate sales policy, and every single way you might it, it's now the Walmart of magic. I will say that. So. Uh, and that's when it stopped being fun for me. So I decided I was very good at it. I, I made a lot of money when I was there, but I had no passion for it anymore. And it showed and I got, I, it was time to start full-time performing and I've been loving that ever since. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, you know, uh, and one final thing on, on whether people create their own magic effects or not. Uh, and I've said this before. I will say it again, everybody. Sinatra didn't write any songs. Okay, just think about he that. Did it, Elvis? Yeah, Elvis yeah. did not write any of his own music. He he picked out the ones that he was going to use. And Elvis is probably the best example because he picked them very specifically. Elvis was a smart guy. He knew which songs were his and which ones he needed to do. And when he did them, he did them with passion and the right way and he put the time and effort into doing it but yeah he it's he did not write any of his own music there's there's nothing wrong with being a performer of effects as long as you put your passion into it if you do everything exactly the way the and I, 
with doing things the way create. If your love of magic is a hobbyist and you love to buy the newest effects that come out on wherever, eye tricks probably being the best place to get them, in my opinion. But hey, that's just me. Um, and you like to perform them for your friends and you do it the ex- that's great. If you want to then become a professional and push the envelope, though, you'll have you have to evolve or die. And if you don't do it entertainingly and different than the other guys, people will know that too. Yes, it, so. it, it definitely comes out. See, that's that's the kind of thing I like. We 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 start out on iTricks and we're talking about you know wrestling and hookers, and then we get to real performance <laughs> wisdom eventually. You just have to hang through it. Anybody who's never made it to the second half of the show is going to be like, wow, those guys are idiots. But trust me, you get to the second half, and that's where people are dropping gems. Well, you know, I and I'll be the first one. When I do, when I do walk around, I do a lot of magic store stuff because I, I ran magic stores for 10 years, and I've got an invisible deck in one pocket, a pen through bill in the other pocket. I've got two or three different thumb tips loaded up with things. But people see my stuff. I've had magicians see my stuff and go, wow, how did you do that? I mean, I, I use an invisible deck when I do that. How did you do it? And it's just from wanting to be passionate about it and it just making it look, making it my own, making it. It's not an invisible deck. It is Greg Dow doing a piece of magic. And that's that's how I go into it, trying to make it look. All right, we're 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 coming up to the end of the show. All right, so there's two things we need to do. First of all, um, let's let's kick out. Where is Greg Dow in the wonderful world of the interwebs? Where where can the iTricksters find you? The best place to find me there there's gregdow.com, which uh, that's my nice little corporate. Uh, you can see my teaser video, which has got my Wizard Wars clips on it, all that fun stuff. Uh, you can find me at shockermagic.com, which is about to get a really big overhaul thanks to Bizarro as well because uh, I built it on using, I think, iWeb on my Mac and have not updated it in a while. And now that hypothetically I'm going to be on Fool Us, uh, that's probably going to start to get a lot more hits. And then you can also find the combined might of me and Bizarro at shockandbizarre.com, where uh, you can see the the stuff Bizarro and I do together, which him and I do a lot of really fun, creepy kind of things. I'm sure it's a very wholesome presentation, suitable. That's nice to find. And I'd like, I'd also like to throw out there. I'd like to thank Andrew Main because uh, if you watched my episode of Wizard Wars, you can see we used one of his effects to uh, very great response. So. Yeah, actually, and when you want, if you go to shockandbazaar.com, you can see another Andrew Main effect that we uh, we did. We we actually opened a uh, a show at the Calico Wild West Town using uh, one of his effects. So nice. you can see his stamp all over a few of the things we do. Good, good, cool. We like him. He's a good guy. Yeah, really he, good kisser. He, well, that Wait, I haven't what? found out oh. yet, but you know, I I have my hopes. Um, and then the final thing before we we call it a day here is. Because we've made it this far w- without asking, and I'm I f- I'm feeling I'm feeling bad about it. Um, so who uh, who gave you a magic kit when you were six that drug you down this this terrible path that you now walk? Uh, I love this story. Uh, you know, I got a magic kit when I was about six or seven, and you know what? I couldn't figure out a damn thing in it. So it ended up going away, went away in a garage sale. I did not get back into magic until I was in college. 
when I was at a Toys R Us and I found a simple, I can't even remember what it was called. It was like burglar ball or something like that. It's one for a dollar. And I bought it and I showed it to a girl in college and she flipped out. And I went, huh, I can meet girls doing this. So now granted, I didn't meet as many girls as I would have liked doing that, but I kept buying little magic tricks here and there. So it wasn't until college. I did not really start getting into magic till I was about 19 years old. Now, and it was, oh, go ahead. Were you studying something performance oriented in college or were you like the coolest guy in the accounting program? I was learning to be an elementary school teacher. Oh, nice. And, I, I, and then I, I, we can talk about that off the air. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I was studying, well, long story short, I was starting to be an elementary school teacher. I realized I like kids for about 15 minutes at a time instead of an entire day at a time. So I ended up getting my degree in speech communication. Uh, I sold video games and books for about five years while I did magic on the side. It's kind of a, a make extra money hobby. And then I moved to Vegas where I then ended up running all the, the Houdini stores for a good period of time. And then when I stopped doing that, I started performing full time and have never looked back. Awesome. Awesome. Good. So, yeah. Good good deal. Everything, all the key ingredients in life right there. Comic books, video games, magic. Magic tricks. I have not had a real job in in 20 years, I would say. I, at least I haven't sold a product that's been useful to mankind any, in the last 20 years. That, that's, that's, uh, that's something to hang your head on, you know? It, it honestly... <laughs> Real, real jobs suck. So, <laughs> I, I appreciate the people who make them happen, but yeah, I, I don't think at this point I could do one. Until I'm 90, then I want to be a Walmart greeter because apparently they don't have to greet anybody. So it's the only, it's their one job thing, and they never do it. So that sounds like a perfect job for me. Well, okay. So, so uh, last question, final question. You have to choose: Walmart greeter or exit person at Sam's Club who throws the marker line through your receipt <laughs> which which is your oh, ultimate ambition that's tough because i actually i've almost gotten into fights with some of those marker receipt guys because oh. I, I i get a little libertarian on that sometimes and it, it's my i i won't even get into politics but it's kind of like i'm carrying a bag that you just saw the cashier hand me you don't need to check my damn receipt. My 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 <laughs> wife pulled me out of stop. out of a Costco the other day because I was just like, seriously, at this point in 2015, wouldn't it just be cheaper to put an RFID system in? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I got to say Walmart greeter because that job will always be secure. They they will always need someone to stand there looking half asleep and not say hello. <laughs> Well, that's that's awesome. And thank you for being here today. Thank you for talking with the, the, all the iTricksters out there. And everybody listening, um, until we return, which might be in a week, it might be in a couple, you know, you know how we do things here. Follow everything you need to know in the world of magic, including uh, any hypothetical television appearances by Mr. Greg Dow, over at iTricks.com. <laughs> <laughs>